school seniors what is up it is october the 11th and i am about to edit this swim meet series episode of murder she wrote in vr and weirdly enough we recorded this episode last week right after judgment night and it came out today that dame angela lansbury died so this is our fun little tribute episode it ends up turning out to be for angela lansbury and her jump into the future with her recognition and acknowledgement of virtual reality so kick back enjoy remember her and welcome to the swim meet series murder she wrote virtual murder Forget about that Ben Gay and throw away those Werther's Originals, kids. Guess what? Angela Lansbury is hip with 1993. Well, shit, I don't think I've ever actually watched an episode of Murder, She Wrote. This is my first. On purpose. So, Jim, what are your memories of Murder, She Wrote? M, comma, SW, as the real heads call it. (laughs) All I ever remember is being a little kid, us having the one Magnavox console TV, getting three channels, four on a good day, and watching this like with my grandparents. Not really recalling much. I, I... knew who Angela Lansbury was, but being younger in the content of what I was watching was completely foreign to me. But I remember that. And I always remember the theme song because I'm like, I have to get through this to watch what I want to watch. I can remember when I was young hustling for the remote to change the channel if it came on. So no one in my family watched it. To me, seeing Angela Lansbury meant it was old people shit. Uh, Not old people shit is the pool scene podcast. Maybe you're old. If you're old and you listen to the pool scene podcast, reach out to us and say, hey, I'm old. I'm an octogenarian. I don't even know how podcasts work, but I found you. Hell yeah. Technically still within banger season, but this is a separate entry, an entry into our swim meet series. Again, I'm Kevin writing murder alongside me is my co-host Jim. Hey now we are covering an episode of murder. She wrote called a virtual murder. (laughs) That's amazing. From 1993 season 10 episode five tonight on murder. She wrote. I feel as if I were inside Hastings Manor. We don't call this virtual reality for nothing. We're not going for a writing award. I'm going to do my best to fix your program. You're destroying Michael. You know that, don't you? I want a signing bonus of 300000 Now, wait a minute. I'm not about to pay you another penny. I believe what you do is known as extortion. So you discussed it again, argued, and you killed him. I think you're terrified that you're going to be the next target. The man was that crazy. I hack my way inside? Total piece of cake, Mrs. Fletcher. <laughs> Welcome. To the mind of the total paranoid. <laughs> you pool seniors may be asking, why are they covering an episode of Murder She Wrote? Well, this is my fault. So I, I don't remember if I recorded something or I was watching something and it ran over. The first couple minutes or whatever, the after the credits of what I was watching, the next scene started to play and it looked like a Sega CD game. My favorite system ever. And it was like very 90s. And I was like, man, this rules. What is this? Much to my surprise, Murder, She Wrote, that Angela Lansbury shit. Who was 68 years old at the time of this episode. However, I'm not the only one who has seen this. Wired Magazine wrote a favorable article about it in 2014 and perhaps the most bonkers fact. Oculus Rift founder Palmer Lucky said in an interview 
for Wired Magazine that this episode inspired him to work on his virtual reality device. The Oculus Rift. So he's got Angela Lansbury to thank for the Oculus Rift. Good old Jessica Fletcher. Before we put on the VR goggles and dive in, it's only fair that I tell you a little about Murder, She Wrote. Oh, yeah. If you're like me and haven't watched an episode before or after, Murder, She Wrote was a crime drama television series that follows the exploits of a mission writer named Jessica Fletcher who fancied herself an amateur detective. Jessica basically aids in investigating a series of murders in the fictional town of Cabot Cove, Maine. Now this episode does not take place in Cabot Cove, Maine. The series ran on CBS for 265,000 episodes. Amazing. Over 12 seasons, actually 265. Four movies, two point and click PC games. Point and click PC... Oh my God, Kevin. Yeah. We don't normally do news and stuff on Swim Meet Series episodes, but to put yourself in a time and place, this is right around when Nintendo launched the Virtual Boy. It came from the third dimension with its own brain, its own voice, its own legs. There's only one problem. It needs your eyes. Virtual Boy. See it now in 3D. Uh, and the movie The Lawnmower Man came out. Yeah. So that's what we're working with in terms of VR capabilities. So why don't we just go ahead and jump into the plot of our episode of Virtual Murder. That came out on Halloween 1993. Now let me get this straight. You've made up an arcade game. Is that it? What is it? One of those mind-numbing blast enemy spaceships gizmos or perhaps it's the one where one little face goes running around eating up all the other little faces oh of course not <laughs> this is very fresh it's a whole new technology and they call it virtual reality they what these computer experts this uh, this michael what's his name michael burke Hallie burke's boy you remember from kelly bunk michael's her son one of the brilliant young men in the field of children's game I can't believe you're doing this. Seth, we're about to enter the 21st century. I mean, we've got to stay with it. So a story that Jessica has written called A Murder at Hastings Rock is getting turned into a virtual reality video game by Marathon Studios. Great name. Jessica is brought in to help test the game as it nears completion they're like come check it out come see yeah, what come, we did with your story come here grandma yeah hey grandma michael i'm so excited to be part of this new frontier with you it's your words and imaginations that has brought it to life jessica well here we go oh michael it's breathtaking the realism is incredible uh, good evening welcome to hastings rock i trust you will find your stay here intriguing oh jeremy hastings is perfect exactly as i wrote it in a story i honestly like it's like phantasmagoria yeah in a part of this episode that i do not completely understand the game designer james lindstrom goes to the competitor redwood concepts to discuss a deal to what jump ship yeah your offer is basically acceptable but i want a signing bonus of three hundred thousand. <laughs> forget it Ciao. Come on, James. This is wrong. Listen to him, Lindstrom. My people won't like this. No, I know you're not stupid. So I can only conclude that you must be very naive. 
Remind your people they're not dealing in one-armed bandits anymore. And the ones with two arms, they don't scan in this business. So he's going to take his... He has a source code. He's going to take his source code on a floppy disk in his jacket, and he's going to sell it to Redwood Concepts. The deal is hung up in negotiation, but Redwood discusses just stealing the source code and not hiring Lindstrom. But they really want to, like, introduce him to be like, fuck you. Meanwhile, a private investigator is following all involved parties. It turns out that the PI was hired by the head of Marathon Studios, Michael Burke, to follow Lindstrom because I guess he sniffed this out. Yeah, because he's Hercules, goddammit. Yeah. He's the worst person in real life, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. Jessica had to rewrite some of the script as, like, a workaround because there is a glitch that, like, they have this, um, what do they call it? A preview or something yeah. in a couple weeks. It's like a beta test. A beta test, and so they need to fix the glitch, but in order to remove the character, like, they have to rewrite some of the dialogue. It's a lot of work, Kevin. Yeah, exactly. So it gets fixed, but somehow James has added extra features to the game like the locked door that wasn't there initially but i love her logic she's like michael this door won't open and i don't recall writing doors on both sides of the hall where did they come from there was a static moment i thought i'd experiment can we erase them no we cannot but we changed the axes why not the doors the axes were an appendage the doors are an integral part of the structure Well, a locked door that cannot be opened is unfair to the players. I mean, they'll assume that it holds some significance. James, we're talking major reprogramming. Jessica, it's too risky. I promise we'll fix it after the press reception. I understand, Michael. It's a game. No door should be locked. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. How does she know this? She's 68 years old. A reception is held to preview the game. That's the word I was looking for. A reception is held to preview the game. But at the preview, James is found dead. He's been shot in the head. That runs. And the source codes are missing, which seems to point fingers toward Redwood Concepts. However, Michael is arrested because the murder weapon is found with his fingerprints. Yeah, because he went diving into his fucking desk just grabbing stuff. Yeah. With the help of hacker and game designer Alex, Jessica lays a trap to reveal the true killer. Hello? Uh, Yeah, this is Jessica Fletcher. I I was wondering if you could help me. Uh, I have discovered a riddle that was left by James Lindstrom, and for the life of me, I can't make head or tail of it. Well, the riddle goes, when do 23 and 0014 combine to penetrate stone and nurture a total mutation? I see. Well, I had hoped that it might be a clue of some kind. Well, possibly it's just one of those meant to remain unsolved. Yes, well, thank you very much. So, what do you think? Alex, I think we may have started a cascade that will bring James Lindstrom's murderer out into the open. Which turns out to be, that's right, Sharon. So after I save him from James's virus, I'm going to save him from you. Police freeze! The VR game. The virus is programmed to start it. When 23 and 0014 combine at 14 minutes after midnight on the 23rd? No, Sharon. There's no virus. But... Alex composed a riddle we hoped you'd solve. But it was only designed as a distraction, like the one you hoped to create by using Lindstrom's own gun to kill him. 
Your plan backfired because you didn't know Michael's fingerprints were on it. Who loves Michael? I haven't mentioned. It was a little more simple than the source code and all that. Two Marathon Studio employees, Sharon and Kate, both wanted to be with Michael. Sharon was apparently willing to kill for him because she thought she was helping. She killed James to keep him from taking the source code to Redwood. The episode ends with a thank you from Michael and Jessica seemingly going on a date with Alex, who is what, 40 years younger than her? He's like fucking 14. He's like, he's 22 or something. He nailed a gill. My mother's really stoked about meeting you, Mrs. Fletcher. (laughs) I just hope it gets me off the hook for a while. Well, so do I. (laughs) Have a great trip, Jessica. Thank you, Tim. Jessica, thank you again for everything. Have a safe flight. Thank you, Mike. You know, we may just be looking at the answer to James Lindstrom's riddle. What purpose can be served by the mind of man that cannot be better served by the binary mind? I wonder if a computer can ever be programmed to enjoy something as simple and as beautiful as this. Cast, Angela Lansbury is Jessica Fletcher. Such, such a weird name that her name's Jessica, Jessica Fletcher. Fletcher. It's so weird because we associate the name Jessica with younger people. Like that name never existed yeah, before right. 1970. Well, it's like when there's going to be grandpas named Zach. Well, yeah. yeah it's, it's like her name should be like Esther yes, Lutchfeld or something yeah, exactly. like that. William Wyndham as Dr. Seth Hazlitt. Guest stars, Julia Campbell as Sharon. Kate McNeil as Kate. Alan Miller as John. Phil Morris as David Salt. Now, there's a lot of people, if you watch this episode, you go, oh, I remember this and them from that a lot. Sean Phelan or Felon as Alex. Kevin Sorbo as Michael Burke. Richard something. I don't know how you say (laughs) that last name. He's the sergeant. And then Rami Zada as James Lindstrom. All right, let's talk about the best scenes in this episode. Jim, you go ahead and start us off. This whole fucking episode's the best scene. Okay, first off, one of my favorite scenes when Jessica is going through the process and then she comes across the locked door. But even before that, she notices in the, I guess the lobby in the game that it shouldn't be like two sledgehammers on the wall, that it should be two cross swords. The Hastings family has a long history of military service in the cavalry. Could we change the battle axes to cross sabers? Bring up the weapons file. We've got cross sabers. Keep your eye on the axes. My compliments. And then on the fly, they change it. And then when she comes across the locked door, for some reason, she's a computer programmer. Oh, there's, there shouldn't be locked doors. It's a game. It's an open world. And then all of a sudden, well, we find out in the end of the episode that James, the programmer, says, that's too difficult. Yeah. Gotta rewrite all this stuff and yada, yada, yada. And the 14-year-old kid that she ends up banging ends up figuring out, oh, we could change this in like 10 seconds. It's not yeah. going to take that long. Right. I have the scenes within the game are great. Oh, it's so Sega CD. Especially when we see Jessica in the VR goggles and she's testing the game. My lawyer made him write me back into the will. Meet me in the garden at 10. I'll be there, Carrie, but I happen to know that you won't. They did a great job like with the, it's the effects really of making it look like what it should have at the time, oh, yeah. which is a, a Sega CD game. And it's really awesome. What? I don't understand the glitch, though, because the glitch is kind of like if the disc was scratched or something. This is the one thing that always drove me nuts about FMV games. And like, I love Night Trap, Double Switch. There really never needs to be a point system. No. Like, oh, you well, talk to this person, 3,000 yeah, points. Well, I'm like, you, you have to. come up here in logic. Yeah. So. And then my other one is they write a fake riddle 
as bait. That riddle. To lure out who they think is the killer. God. I don't know if all episodes are like this, but what I like is we get a step-by-step recap of how they caught her. So like sometimes movies and TV will try to get cute with subtext and you have to like use critical thinking to like line all the details up. This, this show's like, no, we're going to fill in every blank for you. We're going to tell you like step-by-step exactly like, cause like Jessica comes in and she's like, you did this and then you did this and you did this. And then this happened, and that's why we're You write it. books, lady. What the fuck do you know about VR? Well, right. And another thing that I love, and it's such a cool move. It's not even really that much of a scene, but the fact that the, the programmer, the James guy, carries the source code in his awesome vest, yeah. the black vest with the, the no collar, no tie shirt. Yep. It's such a baller move. Oh, it is. It's so good when um when the dude, his boss, Michael's like, oh, I was looking for your source code because there, there's what looks to be like architectural drawings yeah. and he's got the gun in the drawer and he's obviously in there snooping around. And then James comes in and he's like, what do you think you're doing? Obviously, I'm looking for your code so we can get started up there. The rewrite's on its way. My codes are right here, where they always are. I'll meet you on the bridge. Now get out. He just, like, whips it out of his vest. Like, he, like, pulls it out of an inside pocket. if I remember, and I might be wrong, he doesn't mention anything about what's with this gun. No. It's just fucking there. No, he's not like, hey, what do you need a gun for? God almighty. But one thing, too, I want to mention, the backdrop might look very familiar, the building in which they use the Donald C. Tillman Water Reclamation Plant, used for Marathon Images headquarters, was also used time and again as the backdrop for Starfleet Academy me in star trek that's not where i was going so why don't we move on to questions logic open discussion oh yeah and it is literally it's biodome yeah it was a marathon studios is biodome yes it's a really cool building like that shot at the end where it's fucking hilarious how this episode ends because jessica's walking out with her new side piece and (laughs) the dude the game programmer went so we didn't mention this scene but when she finally they they figure out a code to get behind the locked door no here's the thing they couldn't figure out and alex the the 14 year old grandma fucker is literally going through hours and hours where they show a fade out scene where he eats an entire pizza yeah and then all of a sudden jessica's like do you know the password no but i will oh man this it's unreal I've run my random character generator, my password algorithm. I've never met a computer I couldn't crack in less than 10 minutes. Alex, James Lindstrom was a genius, right? No, he told you too, huh? Often what stymies the rest of us about genius is its ability to reduce the complex to the simple, to the obvious. I mean, what about something basic like open door? Hmm. That's it. We're in. Lo and behold, it's yeah. open door. They figure it out. And then Alex goes, I'm hungry. You just ate yeah. a whole fucking pizza. He's like uh, art in the burbs. Yes, he, he just is. Wants, like he eats the whole breakfast. He's like, oh, let's go down to the deli. So yeah, so they open the door and then you've got James in there like <laughs> meditating. He's like floating and he says some, I don't know, Maharisha shit. Yeah, pretty much. And then so at the end of the episode, Jessica walks outside. She's got Gilf King with her and she... <laughs> Gilf King. That's his license plate. I G-I-L-F-K-N-G. I love King. it. 
She picks a flower off the plant and then she says like, he was right all along. Like something that computers could never replicate is like real life, real life and small joys or something. And it's like, meanwhile, biodomes in the background. Jesus Christ. Um, so questions, logic, open discussion. There's a glitch within the game where the servant girl, as she's called, she gets stuck in a Milli Vanilli loop and then they have an event coming up. They're like preview and they can't fix the glitch in time. So Jessica offers to fix it by writing the servant girl out of the game. Easiest way. But what doesn't make sense is that she says the servant girl is important to providing clues and she'd have to give the dialogue to other characters, which Gilf King helps her yeah. um, fix it or whatever. By the way, have you considered giving that clue to Mr. McCauley? Mr. McCauley? Well, sure, he was down in the wine cellar just after the servant girl was there, wasn't he? Which means that he could have seen the colonel's glove. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. How could the game programmers fix that more easily than the glitch? Like, wouldn't the glitch just be something in the code? Yeah, it's all so it is. So they could fix the code. But fixing, rewriting it, they would have to give the characters dialogue, and those characters' lips match the dialogue they're speaking. How could a fly, like, it's like when you, when they're like, well, we sent somebody to the moon using the technology of a calculator. It's like this. It's like somehow they built this video game, I mean, with floppy disks. Yeah. Because, like, if you remember, like, you know I, how many you would I need? try and save a school paper on a floppy disk, and it'd be like, you have to, you need a second disk for the it's second ridiculous. half of your paper. How does James not realize he had a following tale in Porter, the PI hired by Michael, aka Hercules? So when he pulls up to the rival, uh, what's the name of it? Spectrum Holobite? What? Red, Spectrum Holobite. That's way real. Better, but well, that's Redwood, real. Yeah, Redwood. So literally, he immediately pulls up to the curb. Here comes the PI yeah. right by him, yeah. parks right near him. That PI is a prick. He's a real prick, and yeah. he's out for only money. Get it. He kind of looks like a defunct Eddie Money. Yeah. But. How do you not notice this fucking guy following you that close? He's following everybody. And at the uh, preview, he calls Kevin Sorbo and he's like, I ain't paying you more money or whatever. Meanwhile, Jessica's like watching this whole thing. And then she basically threatens. Yeah. She got that big dick energy. Yeah. She basically threatens uh, the PI and then he's going to like, well, fuck you. I'm leaving or whatever. There's no fuck in this episode, by the way. He's like, I'm leaving. And she's like, well, I guess she'll talk to police. Like she threatens him. And then he he spills. What? what? What did the police know? How does the scoring work in this game? You talk to somebody, 2,000 points. You open up a door, 20,000 points. It makes no sense. But that's how all FMV games were, and it yeah. made, oh, there was no reasoning for it. No, it's like you just see the score continuing to compile for, for one reason. But you got to love the look of the compressed video. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is the market strategy for this game? Did you have to own the system or the computer with the goggles, or does the game come with the goggles? Is it a package deal? Do you have to buy the goggles and the game separate? Are there going to be more games that go with the goggles? Can you imagine 1993 money, how much those guys like, would have like five grand yes because it makes no sense they never explain like it seems like it's a package deal yeah like the game they're testing it with the goggles and stuff but are they responsible for developing the goggles and gloves or they're just responsible for developing it seems like they're just responsible for the development but i will say one thing when she's in the vr room i find it fascinating and even now in 2022 it's very complicated to be able to you have to set up a clear room in order to walk around she walks around in like a two degree radius yet somehow is able to fluidly walk through this universe with no control
controller because sometimes you need now a controller to guide you through because you can't walk a full length of a room in VR in real life, can't you? Yeah, no. And then we find out afterwards in that same little VR room, Lindstrom gets shot in the head, point blank range, no splatter, none. It's the cleanest headshot I've ever seen. Yeah, it's she's uh, yeah, she's like a sniper. She's like a, a professional, which don't the police allude to like this was done by a professional. Yeah, the dude James fancies himself like a Warren Robinette. Oh, he does. Because he put an Easter egg into the game that could only be found by a hacker. Yeah. It's because you could, you had to hack to get into the door. But then the key to getting through, to, the key to opening a locked door was literally open door. They're just so cheap. So But stupid. then that bullshit riddle, the Jessica of all people, the tech savvy Jessica, what was it like 23 004? Yeah. And then somehow his jilted lover just yeah. knew it. What? Well, yeah, it's real. Fun. Like Jessica figured the whole thing out from talking to the PI and just like surface clues from from watching everything going on. But it's like, yeah, so you get the riddle and like she thinks she's protecting him and stuff and she's going to kill the salt guy. <laughs> When he's there, yeah. it's real fascinating. And Jessica's able to just figure it out. So uh, at the end of the episode, like we said, Jessica is going to meet Alex's mom, the Gilf King. Guess what, mom? I finally met somebody. It's super weird. And then this is more of a murder. She wrote thing and, and all you murder. She wrote heads out there. Just like when we did the Transformers episode, people were out there screaming. Yeah. Someone out there listens to or watches murder. She wrote knows the show better than we do. And they're out there screaming. Is Jessica some sort of like angel of death? I've only watched one episode, but seeming this show is that no matter where she goes there ends up being a murder and she has to assist police in solving why is there a murder everywhere she goes but they literally kind of did the same thing with castle and nathan fillion when they did the show on abc like 20 years later i get it. it's supposed to be a quaint little main seaside town but you don't have detectives on your police force that can figure this out but granny murder can I yeah. mean, what the hell is happening right now? And not only is she the angel of death, she's exploiting people for profit. Let's yes. be honest. These are for her books. Yeah. How fucking selfish is that? Oh, this family of four, the mother's dead. Here comes the money. Yeah. It's the There's like a whole bunch of, um, so apparently she was a school teacher she's a retired school teacher and now she just does this as like a hobby but she's like, an author slash slut. but then the the detective he like knows her yeah he's like thrilled buddies. to have her and he's just like oh yeah i'll give you the case files i'll let you see God autopsy damn it. photos Jenkins can't figure it out again jess i need help yeah all right well i think that about ties a bow on um on murder she wrote so virtual final app guy Jim, what do you got for us? Okay, I got one big thing that happened to me, and this could actually, I need Jessica Fletcher's help. I had something happen to me this past weekend, something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. My girlfriend and I went to Hartfield Kitchen. <laughs> oh, not this. Oh, yeah. We went to Hartfield Kitchen, and the running gag was the last time we went there, I did not see anything that I wanted on the menu, and I ate a hamburger, a plain hamburger with ketchup, to the point her mom was like, why the hell would you go to Hartfield Kitchen and order a hamburger? I was like, I didn't find anything enticing. So this time, I was going to fuck with my girlfriend again and just order a hot dog, but I decided I'm going to get cream chicken. Okay, so the cream chicken on the menu is clearly labeled under the subheading hot sandwiches 
Okay, it's designated that it is going to be a hot sandwich. It is put right underneath a roast beef sandwich and a roast pork sandwich. And I get this. I put it up on my Facebook. It says, and I will say it here, it says cream chicken with mixed veg over biscuits and mashed potatoes. As I'm ordering this, the server looks at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a hot sandwich. So I was like, I want a side of Jojo potatoes. I like potato wedges. She brings out the potato wedges. Like it's going to take a little, little bit longer for your cream chicken. Can I get you? It's going to be 15 more minutes. Can I get you anything else? Like what? Uh, It's a sandwich. I'm like, what the fuck's taking so long? 15 minutes later, she shows up a plate with fucking potatoes on it. Gravy hunks of chicken and two soaked pieces of bread. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, this isn't a hot sandwich. It, it's under hot sandwich. And I get into this debate with my girlfriend for no less than 30 minutes saying she told you that it because I asked for potatoes on the side because I'm like, why would you put mashed potatoes in a sandwich? But whatever. I was like, well, just give me how it's what made. What did you think a cream chicken sandwich? Was? Now, here's now here's my thing. I'm thinking Hartfield Kitchen, older population, older crowd. They want to try to get younger people in there. So they're going to do a themed sandwich, a cream chicken sandwich. So I'm thinking it's a chicken with some sort of cream glaze on it and then it has like veggies like veggie on it and mash so i'm thinking it's like okay this is like a a traditional cream chicken like dinner but they put it in a sandwich form i think you're insane here's my defense if that is a dinner why is it listed under hot sandwiches because it's heartfelt kitchen but it should be under paper menu that's and then above this there's dinners there why is that not under the dinner section it says hot sandwiches it's probably supposed to be and there's a formatting issue because they're making it in in word 95. So technically I w- am right that I expected a cream chicken hot sandwich. That seems mental to me. I get it. It's under sandwiches. So that's false advertising. Have asked the question. I mean, like just to be she sure seemed really confused when I was ordering, yeah. like, she's like, why would you want mashed potatoes on the side? I'm like, I can, I don't want them on a sandwich. Cause I'm thinking it's going to be a hot sandwich, which it's like cold drinks. But I'm like, you, I don't want a cold sandwich. But did you order it as the cream chicken sandwich? Yes. I literally said, I'll have the number 25 cream chicken hot sandwich. Okay. And she was like, so confused. I'm like, I pointed, I'm like, it's this hot sandwich. So I had three bites of it. I'm like, I'm not eating this shit. So I ended up eating all the Jojo potatoes and gave my girlfriend the the cream chicken, not hot sandwich. Interesting. Thank you, Hartfield Kitchen. You're 0 for 2 in my book. We're out. Interesting. 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 You ever go to Yankee Kitchen? Oh, yeah. Bucket of blood. Bucket of blood? That's what we always called it. We called it bucket of blood. I don't know. It's just something that's stuck. Always got the burgers. Our burgers were great. Yeah, they got everything's good there. But I bet you I could get a fucking cream chicken hot sandwich there. No, you can't get a cream chicken chicken hot sandwich anywhere you could fucking make anything a hot sandwich anything a hot sandwich drink anything a cold drink <laughs> fuck you asshole don't you even go there with that cold drink give me, a, give me a cream chicken sandwich or a cold drink i'm just saying it shouldn't be under hot sandwich no it shouldn't for us layman non-country folk who don't go there all the time that should be under a dinner not a hot sandwich i agree but thank you i win i agree that it should not be under sandwiches but I also think that you are complicit in this for thinking there was such a thing as a cream chicken sandwich. How many restaurants now to try to set themselves apart, do I some weird theming sandwich that, shit? But like cream chicken sandwich with mashed potatoes. It, but it might not uh, be like, it might be more of a thicker cream. That's like gravy. texture of that freaks me out. Like the textures of eating that's fine, but that stuff on a bun? First off, it's all soft. It's called cream. Why? It's gravy. First, I fucking hate yeah. gravy. So right off the bat, I'm screwed. Ugh. Screwed. Wow. Okay. They lied well, to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, next week, something spooky for 
for you. We went a little spooky with this and it was released on Halloween. And then next week, we're going to do our annual Halloween special. Lots of spooky, scary sound effects. Say scary. It's not in VR. No. Yeah. So until then, prepare yourself for a spooky pool party. Come back! I'm out here!